0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We are excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening,
1: friends and family. Welcome to your favorite podcast, Wake Before the Day, with Clark and Bobby Jean Corver in the house talking about Proverbs chapter fifteen.
0: Such a velvet, velvety voice, Clark. Oh, that's, that's nice. nice. That's what I was working on,
1: and practicing.
0: You guys, well done. It's. The fifteenth. That means we're on the downhill.
1: Yeah, it was t- tomorrow. technically tomorrow. We're not yeah, yeah, tomorrow we're on the downhill. Well, we're almost at the top of the well,
0: hill because there's thirty-one <laughs> chapters it, and fifteen it, is like after 42. you read <laughs> <percent>. <laughs> I know you. You guys know what I was saying. Speaking of saying things, that's what we're talking about in this proverb. Is kind of turning the we've talked about this a few times but turning the attention and focus a little bit here initially back to language and words and speech and how important it is Mm -hmm. so clark why don't you read the first seven verses then we'll unpack it a little bit
1: all right a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger the tongue of the wise adorns knowledge but the mouth of the fool gushes folly the eyes of the lord are everywhere keeping watch on the wicked and the good The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings ruin. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of
0: fools are not upright. That's good. That's really good. (laughs) So, like we've read before in the Proverbs, there's so much... To learn and really spend time in uh, when it comes to our tongue and the words we use and and why why do we use these words especially I mean if you guys just reflect on your last twenty four hours how was it for you how was it for you um, in the morning how was it for you you know after lunch and then headed into evening time with your family at work at. Uh, the gym, with our speech, or you have, what with way? your speech. Yep. How was your speech? If you actually really do an examination here, how was it when you were in conflict? How was it when things, mm. you know, were Escalating. were just kind of mundane? Or yeah, when they were kind of getting heated with somebody. I think that if we're if we're honest, there's so much to unpack when it comes to that. I think I think of parenting because that's kind of what I'm doing a lot right now in my life. And there's all kinds of phrases and quotes that sound like this. Like what you say to your kids become their inner dialogue. That becomes their inner monologue. That becomes kind of the voice and tone that they use. Mm -hmm. Um, How you dialogue with your spouse is really impressionable for your kids. So all these things, like that's really good information to take in and know. But you guys have experienced this in your life too. Like you've experienced when people have spoken and when it's like the, like the Psalms say, when it's stirred up anger or when it's turned away wrath, when there's kind of been like soothing words, that's been a tree of life. Like, what is that? What's that been like in your own life? And the, and, and the reason why is because if this is being brought up multiple times in the Bible, then we actually need to stop and consider and take time. This isn't just an excuse then to like, oh, we've heard this before. Let's skip through these verses. We know that's good. And this is important. No, it's actually an invitation to sit and to take time. And so really, when it comes to managing conflict, when it comes to like, are you kind of the person that stonewalls? Are you the person that turns away? Are you a sharp, sarcastic? What what, what does that look like for you actually? And why? if you really sit in it with yeah. the Holy
1: Spirit. When it comes to like these points of conflict specifically, it's like, are we putting gas on this? Or are we trying to put a blanket on it?
0: All right. That's some of the languages. like, are you fighting fair? Like, are you yeah. fighting for your marriage? Are you fighting for you know, whatever's going on? But if you actually sit down, like there's, there's, you know, we have a note here for the crucial conversations book and how that has like a lot of really helpful information about how to dialogue in a, mm-hmm. in a way that's where your end goal is. Is is actually like a good thing, like a god out of the
1: author talks about creating a pool of shared meaning. Meaning, it's (laughs) like I'm really mad, you're really mad. What do we want the outcome of this situation to be? We both Mm -hmm. want to be content with the business decision. It's like, okay, how do do I get? Do you want to be happy with this decision? Do Mm -hmm. I want to be happy? Okay, now that we're starting with the same goal. Let's enter into this. Mm -hmm. And then it unpacks how to talk about things well. I can just remember looking at verses one and two, the whole gentle answer turns away wrath, harsh words stirs up anger. The times that I've come in and tried to match the volume and the the ferocity of the people in a situation, whether it's my kids at home or it's somebody at church, it hasn't gone well. But when you come in and you enter quietly, I'm still with strength. But with honesty and graciously, it often defuses the situation. Like we were, we're trying to figure out with our kids, especially the ones that are younger. And by younger, I mean like two, three, four, five. um, Sometimes they are so mad and they don't even know why they're mad. (laughs) They're not able to regulate their own emotion. Right. And so mom and dad have to come in and gently and quietly sit with them. And in time, as they they settle down, kindly and gently talk. Sometimes the kids are screaming, or someone in a situation right, it's like weird. you want to yell yeah. over them so they can hear you. And <laughs> actually, what happens is when you come in and talk quietly, that more quickly brings yeah. the the situation down at a level that everyone can speak, everyone can be heard, mm-hmm. and. It's really, it's really important. And so just the reality of that proverb is, right. is so helpful. And it talks about yeah. how there's like this communication of knowledge again. Like when you're surrounding yourself with wise people, you're mm-hmm. going to figure out how to do this well. And you're going to watch other people do it well, because there seems to be like a chain reaction in this chapter where mm-hmm. one, you intake wisdom and then that, that, heart grows in wisdom. It informs what you say. Right. And then it talks about how, um, this makes the face cheerful. And how this then in turn yeah. encourages other people and inspires them on this process of wisdom. And so it's like how I sound and how I look either again, puts gas on that fire or I am trying to help put the fire out. What's it going to be? And you yeah. mentioned it um, a couple of podcasts ago that hold the mouth reveals what the heart conceals. And so being mindful of my triggers, being mindful of why is this upsetting me or why is this making me confused or sad will mm-hmm. only aid me and navigating situations with strangers, family members, church congregants to a place of peace and a place where god's glorified and uh, a harsh answer n- never does well but a gentle answer might might chill chill out the situation a little a tree bit
0: tree of life tree of life yes.
1: so i like jesus says this in matthew 12 he talks about how it's out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks mm-hmm. good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them Evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. But I tell you that people will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. So Jesus is saying very seriously, pay attention to what you say and how you say it and how it affects those around you. Because your words are weighty.
0: I like that. We can move on. But to end things, I like that because there's responsibility So a lot of people will say, well, you did this to me and I'm reacting this way because you did this to me. Well, that's, if that's happening with you, I'm sorry. Receive this with grace. That's really immature. Things it, are going to happen. It's taken me about a decade to start well, to there's lots. To that's out. just not a Bobby Corver thing. There's lots of very smart people that we've studied actually at church together in marriage class and beyond that have said that, that actually your response is your responsibility. Here's the thing. All kinds of boo-boo things are going to happen in life that mm-hmm. have happened to you. And it's been, maybe it's been in pain of somebody else. Maybe it's been because of somebody else. Maybe it's been your own pain that's been heaped upon yourself. How you respond to other people is coming out of that. So that's what it's saying. You're accountable. There is, it's You're responsible for that. The good thing is, is what does not come naturally, because we have these dis- disordered desires, what does not come naturally. I heard this quote, and I love it by an author recently. What does not come naturally can come by grace. And mm-hmm. I think about that. And that is so helpful when it comes to, when it took you 35 years to learn a way of behaving, it might take you 35 years to unlearn that way of behaving. And by grace, through the empowerment and the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll get there together.
1: Yeah. So be encouraged. Yeah. Um, where the proverb goes from here is, a, is this section called the sayings of the Lord. And what makes Proverbs kind of hard to teach out of is that there's a lot of yeah. segmented statements, meaning it's like, hey, you know, the squirrel <laughs> finds the acorn, and the rainbow leads to, le- to the leprechaun, and God is gracious, and so you should be gracious too. And God's, it's like random <laughs> statements. So the sayings of the Lord are not consecutive, they're scattered throughout this. Verses 3, and 8, and 9, and 11, but then it jumps to 16, and 25, and 26, right. 29, and 33, And, um, I guess I'd be curious to hear from you, Bobby, which of these sayings might stand out to you the most. But for Mm -hmm. me, verses three and verses 11 are are the sayings of the Lord Mm -hmm. that really struck my heart reading this today. Verse three, it says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. And so sometimes you look at the news and your current circumstances and you wonder, God, where are you? And are you aware what's happening here? Because this is ludicrous. and we're reminded from the words of jesus the words of the psalmist and the proverbs that god is in fact aware and that god is in fact control in control of like what's happening in this world Mm. um when humanity said god we're going to eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil the Mm -hmm. tree god told us not to eat from we essentially said we can do this better without you god i'll do this on my own and god said okay I'm gonna redeem the situation, but you made your bed and now you gotta sleep in it. There are consequences to your decision. And so mm. there are things happening in this world that um were not part of God's original intent. But that does not mean that God is uh far away and inactive. In fact, he's very present. And uh and that gives me a lot of encouragement and hope that God's helping us kind of navigate an exiled world right now where Like Christianity is no longer like in the culture and it's not a popular thing. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because we're having to figure out what we all really believe. And it's allowing the church to be the real church. And so this is part of God's plan. This did not surprise him. And here we are today. And the other one is verse 11. This is another one that I really like. It says, death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more do human hearts? And thinking about that image of the human heart being like, filleted open before the Lord, not physically, but like the motives and intentions. God's fully aware of them. I think of Samuel's mistake in First Samuel sixteen, when uh, Saul has fallen and the next king of Israel is to be elected, and so Samuel is sent uh, to the Bethlehem region to this man named Jesse to see his sons, and he has a bunch of sons, evidently, and he brings out the first one. His name mm-hmm. is Eliab, and Samuel says to himself, "Look at how tall." and strong and handsome. Right. He's got to he be him. Must be the king. <laughs> and God responds to him and says, "God does not look at what you look at, Samuel. He says, "Man looks at outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart." And so when you look at the craziness of the world in verse 3 for me I'm like, "Oh, thank God, he's in control. He sees what's happening." And then I look at verse 11 and you're like, "God, thank you that you know my heart and you know the mm-hmm. hearts of every man and woman in this world." And God, would you continue to reveal my heart to myself? Because sometimes I'm not even aware of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's like, this is a good saying of the Lord, that my heart is laid before him. God, would you teach me and show me why my motives are what they are and why my intentions are what they are. So. Amen. Uh, Bobby Jean?
0: You know what I really love? Better really a love? small serving of vegetables with love than a fat ca- <laughs> fat <fattened> calf with <laughs> hatred. <laughs> I tangent i have a fear you guys of being at a restaurant and like sending something back and like oh hey this is this has like a you know a mushroom growing out of it or so like fungus like i will i won't send it back because i'm
1: afraid but that- <laughs> you did this recently i'm proud of you
0: i know when where did i do that we're at this uh healthy restaurant i don't know where it was <gasps> oh uh, yeah table something hey, you guys don't ever get a drink called kale aid well, don't ever get I, it. I mean, I could tell you that right now. He said the name. I looked at you like Kale Aid. That sounds horrible. Well, I looked at the ingredients and I was like, I don't think, I think this oh, sounds pretty good. It's well, the, like on well, ice. The, the
1: dude talked you into it and then you got That's it. That's true. Burned your I throat. I couldn't do it. Bobby's like, <laughs> like Clark, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, no, this guy pushed it, pushed it on you and pushed it on you. Tell him this drink stinks. I want something else, please. And you did a fantastic job of it. And then you got the pear oh, one and the pear, the prickly pear.
0: It was good. You guys, anyway, what I. (laughs) Let's keep going. But what's so on point about that is how there's just an urge here that is out of, again, the desires. So it's like, hey, here's this wonderful fattened calf. Which and you I know hate you. And, and the time, <laughs> or is
1: like, I love you and here's four peas.
0: I w- I don't care I, if you're a server or if you're someone. God bless you. I'm so grateful for you and the work that you do.
1: You take the you four Ps terrify of, me. You take the, the four peas of love or the steak.
0: I'm hatred. just nervous that something like oh hey I accidentally sneezed <laughs> all over your cheeseburgers. Yeah. Like, anyway. The motive—that's what's important. So, if you think about the the fattened calf, that's like the prized meal of the day, the fattened calf. But if it's served with hatred, with there's, you know, when the intentions are are not good, well, then don't don't give me that. Don't give me that. Mm-hmm. And so, that's sticking out to me. Yeah,
1: and, and not only in verse, <laughs> in verse seventeen, but but verse twenty eight also kind of talks about that. How. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. And so what the Proverbs are continually reminding us of is that it's not just about watching what you say, but it's inspiring us to look at the intentions and motivations of our heart. And we got to say, God, I need your help to do this and take those um, opportunities where we're inclined to like speak unkindly or harshly or sharply as opportunities to say, all right, God, why is this irking me right now? Why am I speaking so sharply? What's going on in my heart? Right. The truth is you can sp- still speak um, hard truths kindly. Like we can still right. speak things that might be difficult to hear, you know, that are not in a harsh way. And so... Well,
0: really, that's like the... That's community. Yeah. You know, because we, we want to be students like this is saying... Actually, two proverbs ago was saying that too, like be heed correction. That's all Oliver too. That's right. And and
1: one of the the things that says in the next section too, it talks about like receiving this from other people. Verse 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, Mm -hmm. they succeed. And so the point here is again, getting the right counsel and the right advisors. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think about when David was getting uh, chased down by Absalom And he had Mm -hmm. got one of his friends who was a priest and said, basically, stay behind, be a mole, and mess with the other advisors and thwart their plans. And it happens. And Absalom listens to um, his young friends, his young Mm -hmm. advisors, who are like, yo, you tell him your dad was mean to you, I'm going to be real mean to you, and here's (laughs) what I'm about to do. And then this other guy saved David, by God's grace because he was not a helpful advisor in the situation. and So, again, it comes down to who are you surrounding yourself to, who you're giving your ear to and your heart to, um, because you do need a handful of people in your life. Now, there does come a point in time where you get too many voices in your life, sure. and you can say there's too many cooks in the kitchen, the food ain't getting cooked right, and you need just the right number of people. I would say get two to four to five people that you trust, that love Jesus, have walked the walk, are older than you. Not all of them have to be, but some older than you that have experienced things that you and I haven't quite yet experienced Mm -hmm. and receive their words of advice. Yeah.
0: You guys. Okay. We're heading into the home stretch here. So 25 through 33 kind of just talks more about the power of speech Mm -hmm. and, and what can, can come of that and the good things that can come of that. Clark, uh, I'll read them. I'll read them.
1: I would love if you read them.
0: Okay. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he sets the widow's boundary stones in place. The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but the gracious words are pure in his sight. The greedy bring ruin to their households, but the one who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. Hmm. Whoever heeds life giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Wisdom's, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes hmm. before honor.
1: I, again, the writer is saying, I commend gentleness and honesty. And uh, when you do this, you turn away wrath. Yeah. And there's an opportunity for healing, fights are going to stop. Um, and you talk about the teachable heart again, verses 31 and 32. Right. Heed life giving correction and you will be at home among the wise. I would love that to be said about me. And so, yeah. and at the end of the day, too, I think if I want to be better, if I want to be a better husband, a better friend, a better father, a better preacher then I got to open myself up to correction and instruction mm-hmm. and gladly receive it. It doesn't mean I have to apply everything immediately or even apply every word of advice you get. Sure. But you sift it, you sit with it, and you're open to it. Because at the end of the day, like I, I hope that we all have
0: not hit our full
1: potential. Like We have room to grow. Well, like you're saying,
0: when you've, entrust, when you've entrusted yourself to the Lord, but also yourself to people who love the Lord more than you, yeah, you're going to be at home with them. Because that's the, one of the first things we come to when people who are making choices, even, even ourselves, when we're making choices that we shouldn't, who are the people we don't want to hear from usually? Yeah. The, the wise got it all. Yeah, Like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to let them reach out to me. And it, and no, no, no. Like we, our hearts need to be soft. Like, Oh no, you know, this is going on. I need instruction. I need counsel. I need help. I need prayer. You know, whatever it is, let's be home among the wise. Mm. It's good.
1: And so just as you end, I want to bring Jesus back into this, that me, there's too. such a need for a humble, teachable spirit because there might be correction to offer, but if it's offered harshly or in anger, or even self-righteous, mm-hmm. like look at me, I got it figured out, and right. you don't know what you're doing. It's the irony that Jesus was bumping into in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, through the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They thought they had it all figured out, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus opposed the religious leaders more strongly than he opposed anybody else. Right. He called them all kinds of crazy names. John the Baptist called them a brood of vipers. <laughs> you know, and it's like oh, that's pretty that's... harsh. And there are these people who wanted to do the right thing, what they thought was right. But they conducted themselves in a way that was inappropriate, um, not warm and welcome, and it didn't bode well for them. And so when you look at Jesus and how he included people and offered statements of truth and didn't bend a knee to immorality or anything that was unwise, um, we can just take a page from that book and say, all right, God, show me the motives of my heart and uh, help me to have wise counsel yeah. And uh, thank you, God, that you're in control. So, mm-hmm. hey, friends and family, thanks for listening to Proverbs chapter 15. We hope you meet the Lord in the chapter. And uh, we hope you'll continue joining us in the chapters to come. God bless you.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give Him His peace. Have a great day.